Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast and become a Coast Insider to hear the rest of this fascinating conversation and check out recent shows featuring guests sharing stories about growing up in a haunted house that was possessed by an evil presence, a nightmarish encounter with a UFO in the dead of night, and the financial horror stories from those who won the lottery and lived to regret it. Head on over to coasttocoastam.com and sign up for Coast Insider to hear these programs and many more truly thought-provoking shows from coast to coast. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. Susan Messino with us, of course, as we talk about her updated book called The Secrets of the Universe. Universal laws, Susan, what do they mean to you? Oh, my goodness. There's a lot of different versions of the universal laws. Um, I was introduced to them years ago when I read a book called um, Hawaiian Magic, which is no longer in print. And doctor, it was written by Dr. Clark Wilkerson. He lived in Hawaii, and he wrote about the 33 cosmic laws, is what he called them. And what I included in my book is a selection of ones that can really relate to just about everything. Um, I can't remember exactly how many I put in here. I think 11 of them. But, but it's interesting because there's some are lists of 11. Some have 22. Um, it, they're all very fascinating, and they're not man-made. They're laws of the universe, and that's what makes them so special. Looking at these universal laws, at what point then did you start researching them? Uh, as you got into this? I think, you know, I, I read as much as I could on everything, you know, starting from way back in school when there was hardly anything out there. But it is amazing because, um, and I think, too, you know, when uh, um, the book The Secret came out and they did a mm-hmm. movie that really brought a lot of awareness up to the fact that, you know, that the law of attraction is a great law, but it's not the only one. There's, there, there are many. And when we talk about universal laws, it's not just the scientific laws of physics, is it? No. Yeah, I don't think, I, I mean, it's definitely included, but I, it's hard to say, like, where did they come from? Who came up with it? Because um, God, God did. Well, yeah, exactly. The creator, which it, to me has an amazing sense of humor, um, <laughs> the universe always does things to make me laugh, I'll tell you that right now. Uh, but the, the, the laws are amazing when you, you learn about them more, because like the, the law of karma, which is also the law of um, cause and effect, uh, what you put out comes back to you. And a lot of people don't realize that everything you talk about and everything you put out there is connected to you, and it, it will only come back to you. Let's talk about the, the creator for a moment, and, and as, as much as you have said that uh, it has a personality, what do you think the creator is at this point in your career? What have you deduced from that? Wow, that's okay. Um, I think the creator is the power of love, That, um, and it's hard to say, I don't look at it as a person. I look at it as a force because, of course, positive energy creates, negative energy destroys. And the only way that we can be in a physical universe is to have both positive and negative, you know, uh, is made, everything is made up of positive and negative. Um, I kind of look at it as a, a computer that doesn't judge, if you will. Let's say 
you pray and you put your, your thoughts out there. And what happens is those thoughts, the, the, the universe, I think that's why I say it's very non-judgmental because there's nobody up there going, you know, my God, you know, she keeps complaining about this, so don't send her that anymore. And unfortunately, you get what you complain about because the universe will send back exactly what you put out. Yeah, well, it sure will. And, and uh, you know, isn't that called karma? Yes. Well, yeah, some w- would call it karma. And some karma, you know, is in- I-, I don't believe that you incur karma per se unless, you know, it's be- all in the uh, intention. You know, somebody explained at one time, like, how do you incur karma? And uh, they said, well, let's say you're running for a bus and you shove an old lady out of the way to get on the bus. Um, well, you just incurred a little bit of karma. <laughs> but let's say you're running for the bus and you bump into her and knock her down and you didn't mean to. Knocked her into the bus. Yeah, yeah, no, hopefully not. But if you didn't mean to, then you don't incur the karma because it wasn't your intent to knock her down. Hmm. Interesting. So I think it, 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 it has a lot to do with your intentions. Why, why did you do it, or what was your purpose behind it? Why aren't we taught these laws? Why do we stumble into them, or we learn them eventually, you know, reading books like things that you've talked about? Well, you know, and I don't want to go up against organized religion. Oh, go, go ahead. Yeah, really. But um, as a child, I was uh, baptized confirmed Lutheran, spent a lot of time at Catholic Church with my girlfriend, so I've got kind of both worlds. And when I was a child, it pretty much taught me that, you know, God judged, and if you did something bad, you know, things were not going to be good for you, and it it instilled a lot of fear in me. And I think that, that, you know, going all the way back to the biblical times, uh, how to control a lot of people is with fear. Right. Which well, isn't that how they exactly. developed hell? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think that, that definitely it exists. Heaven exists. Hell exists. But a lot of people believe it's right here. I mean, there's a lot of places on the planet Earth that have got to be really close to hell if it's not the real thing. Tell us the story about your son and the two years of memories of being on the Titanic. Oh, my goodness. Okay. That's an amazing story. <laughs> well, my son, Jamie, he was... Um, four years old at the time, and uh, we went out one night when um, the Titanic was on HBO. It was 1996, and we left him with the babysitter, and we came back that night and found out that he had gotten up at uh, the end of the movie, and she let him watch the end of the Titanic with her. And I'm thinking to myself, ooh, okay, that's <laughs> probably not what I would have sat a four-year-old down to see, but okay, thanks. Uh, so the next day, my son has all he wants to talk about is the Titanic. And not about the movie per se, not about the people in the movie or, you know, how the movie ended. It, he, he was, it was all about the mistakes that were made in building the ship. <laughs> Four years old. Yeah. I mean, seriously, he was, well, what he first did, because he loved to draw, you know, he had an art desk and he had all the crayons and everything that you'd ever want because he always drew. For two weeks after he first saw the movie, for two weeks, he drew, painted, or, um, you know, uh, watercolor, every medium, he drew the Titanic probably up to 50 times in the first two weeks. 
Now, did you find that surprising? Obviously, you did. Well, it didn't take me long to figure out that he had to have had some connection to the ship. It, it was too... Too it baffling. Was crazy. Yeah. You know, well, he knew things that, you know, I, I, didn't even, I didn't even get what he was talking about when he first started talking about things. He was talking about the uh, boiler room, you know, how the men died first because the, the doors came down and, and trapped them. And he used to wail about that. He used to cry, throw himself in my lap and say, Mama, Mama, it shouldn't have happened. It shouldn't have happened. It was Whoa. a mistake. Now, did you think for a moment at all, though, Susan, that uh, there could be something wrong with him? No, I, I believe in past lives. And he had already had a um, past life memory before this about working on the railroad <laughs> when he was about three. He um, was very specific about working on the original railroad cars that were built in Wyoming. And he, didn't, he couldn't even pronounce Wisconsin at the time. So hmm. I found out that the original train cars were built in Wyoming. So when he started the Titanic thing, which was about a year later, I knew immediately, and of course my husband and my sister, you know, or my daughter at the time, nobody Nobody believed me. Everybody was like, that's ridiculous. But I'm thinking, you know, and he, when he was drawing, too, he was drawing from memory. He wasn't drawing from pictures. That's even more compelling, isn't it? Oh, it's insane. He has, he, he drew one pencil drawing that still haunts me to this day because um, what he did is he, he, he worked on it for a couple days, but he brought it home from school and it looks like if you took the Titanic and cut it sideways, you could kind of see inside of it. Right. And he had every floor, every room, every coat hook, every door, every ladder. I, I mean, I, to, to this day, I cannot believe that that kid drew that. Sounds like he was the architect of the ship. He definitely had something to do with that. I think that because um, he, was, he was overcome with the fact that it was it was all stupid mistakes that that caused the the ship to sink. Does he still talk about this? Not really, because he is um, actually <laughs> he's gone a little bit into politics, even though he's uh, uh, majoring in animation at SCAD here in Savannah. Okay. And uh, he told me that um, in future interviews, he's going to deny everything. So. <laughs> Oh really? Yeah. He's grown up. Well, which is which is interesting because don't most parents when their children have these experiences kind of sweep it under the carpet? Oh, get, yes. I mean, uh, way too many people don't listen. You know, they they think that they got it from a a cartoon or a story they read and uh I really encourage people, you know, especially parents because it does start to manifest around the, the age of two to four, that they, they start bringing back memories. And there's so many compelling stories out there of these kids were there. There's no, I mean, aside from my son, you know, that one little boy that uh, remembered that he died in Hiroshima during World War II. That was uh, Leninger, I think. Yeah. Uh, Leninger, yes. something like that. Yep. Yeah. Little uh, James, his name was James. Yeah, James Leninger. Yep. He remembered the, the... He was on aircraft. a Concorde plane. Yes, yes. And he remembered the aircraft the, carrier he the, traveled on. The tires used to blow out, he said, when they landed. 
Mm-hmm. And they yep. apparently that was a trade secret. Nobody knew that, and he, he mentioned it, and they checked it out, and it, he was right. Oh, my God. I know. When I saw his story, it was funny because his story was the pilot story for the TV show Ghost Inside My Child. Yes. And it aired about a year before they actually started casting well, for that show. Wasn't your son's story in it, too? It, in the first season, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But when I saw the pilot, I made my son watch it, and I said, these guys have to have your Titanic story. And then I forgot about it again for about a year. And then I, I, once again, synchronicity, I'm on the computer one day, and Huffington Post comes up, producers of Ghost Inside My Child looking for stories. That's fantastic. And I called them up, and there we go. <laughs> Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern. And go to coasttocoastam.com for more.